Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. One of those things that are holding you captive. Quit being comfortable there. It's easy to stay there. It's easy to point the finger at other people. It's easy to blame others. Trust me, I had a lot of family members trying to do that for me. <laughs> but I said, you know what? I'm, a, I'm not going to do that. And that, of course, was Derek Carr, uh, Raiders quarterback, still current quarterback, at least uh, on the roster, um, talking over the weekend uh, about not letting yourself be a victim, um, regardless of what the circumstances are. Uh, and it was probably easy for uh, him to be able to play that card, uh, considering how things went down this year with the Raiders and how he got benched the last two games of the season uh, and how that Raider career of his is is over. And in some ways, maybe he's being made out to be a bit of a scapegoat, but he's not going to operate uh, in that world and really never has, in spite of maybe some family members uh, that do do a little bit of that. But, uh, but that's all good. Uh, Again, that was Derek Carr, and you are uh, with uh, Vegas Nation first and ten. Your Monday, or excuse me, weekly go-to uh, for all news and analysis of the Raiders, including uh, me actually being uh, at the church, uh, the church LV, where Derek Carr was speaking over the weekend. Before we get to all that, and there's a lot to talk about with that, I wanted to bring in our great co-host um, Sam Gordon. But before I get to Sam, I just want to remind you guys of Vegas Nation podcast. Are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death. Sam, uh, you just heard a little bit of uh, Derek Carr, um, the preacher, uh, the pastor, I should say, um, at his. Uh, he was was a guest speaker over at Church LV and Henderson over the weekend. Uh, I went on Saturday. I also went on Sunday. Uh, believe it or not. Um, uh, and, and got a chance to, to listen to Derek and he kind of wove in some of his, um, you know, personal experiences with the Raiders, uh, with the message that he was delivering to, uh, hundreds and hundreds of fans that showed up on both, not fans, but churchgoers, uh, on Saturday and then also on, on Sunday. Um, I gotta say this, uh, Sam, you know, I wrote that story about, um, you know, about Derek and, and the, 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 uh, pastor side of him and the message that he had. And it was really a stirring sermon both days that I went. And I have to admit, I'm a little bit surprised, Sam, at some of the negative comments um, in reaction to that. And uh, it's just it's just really interesting to me because it, it, there's this implication that Derek's, um, you know, faith, the faith side of Derek and everything that he pours into that has somehow taken away from his ability uh, to play quarterback. And I reject that um, with with every ounce of power that I possibly can muster up. I'll say this, uh, Sam, you know, Derek Carr had his ceiling as a quarterback, and I think he's gotten to that ceiling. Everyone has a chance to improve no matter how long that they play. But he was to me, he's a guy that put everything he could into being the quarterback for the Raiders and an NFL quarterback. And I think he got to his highest, um, you know, plateau. You hope for everybody that they, imp- that they keep improving in life, but, but he's not somebody that neglected the professional side of his career for his uh, faith and, and everything he does on that side. Maybe he wasn't the best quarterback. Maybe he's not the best quarterback in the league, but don't think for a second that he hasn't gotten everything out of his God-given abilities. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's, I, I think, well, first and foremost, Vinny, I think when, when I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't there. I did get a chance to see some of the video 
uh, of his sermon and what, what it feels like to me, of course, like you said, very impassioned and was able to kind of contextualize some of his experience through through his preaching and whatnot. Uh, sounds to me like a guy who who has a lot of football left in him or who believes he has a lot of football left in him and is ready to play and ready for a new opportunity. And uh, just in terms of, of his performance the last several years, look, it was what it was. We, we know about the – uh, kind of what he went through uh, here in Vegas and then previously in Oakland, the the struggles, uh, the turnover and whatnot, some of the some of the t- times where he was able to overcome some of that and times where he wasn't able to. So it was a, it was an interesting uh, tenure, uh, the last nine years, to say the least. Uh, and one thing about it was that Derek Carr was almost always available. I mean, this is one of the more he had the leg injury, of course, but one of the more durable quarterbacks in the NFL. He played. He, he, I do think he gave his best of the his best of the franchise. And the idea, I'm with you. I think the idea, just in general, if the narrative, I, I hadn't seen it. You know, I don't. I don't just obviously. There's he's gonna he's gonna be the target of some criticism. I've seen that, but the idea that. You can't be a professional athlete and have other interests, I think, is absurd. I think time and time again, we've seen athletes have tons of other interests and be incredibly well-rounded. And that's not to say that that's the only way to do it. You have your Kobe's and your Tom Brady's, the kind of singular, single-minded focus people as well that are very successful. But I'm with you. The idea that, you know, the, the last nine years were the last nine years. He's a spiritual person. We know that's part of his life and part of what he wants to do next. And, and I don't, I don't think... I don't think that they're necessarily connected or play a part in, in, in how he performed on the football field. The bottom line is he had a chance to, 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 to speak in a way that was meaningful to him. Uh, faith has always been meaningful to him. I think that's pretty clear throughout the course of his, the end of his career and give a message and a sermon that I think a lot of people were able to draw from about his adversity with the Raiders. And now uh, we're in this interesting position of where, where does he go next? I think, of course, him, the Raiders all want to find a resolution to this. Uh, in short order, and and, uh, and and in terms of the video that, that I saw, I saw a guy that has a lot of fight left in him and, and still wants to play football at a high level and believes he can play football at a high level, even though he didn't necessarily specifically address that in what I saw. I didn't see a guy that was beaten down or or, or, or bemoaning the circumstances that he had. I think it's a guy that that looks at this as a new opportunity and challenge, and he's gonna he's going to have the opportunity now, depending on what happens, to prove the Raiders wrong and to and to go out there and show that he has a lot of high football or high level football left if indeed he does yeah and um you know uh the saturday uh, night portion of it started at uh, 5 five thirty or so but no you know kind of uh at, um planning for a big crowd i got there really early i got there around four o'clock you know me sam i like to get to places early uh, just to beat the traffic and the hassle and all that mm-hmm. good stuff so I got there around four o'clock and I just decided, okay, I'm just going to go wait in the church, um, you know, find a seat and wait in the church. Well, the minute I walked in, um, there were, there was a men's prayer that was, uh, that was, that was going on. And it was just, you know, uh, just men getting together to talk about, you know, being better, better husbands and better, better fathers, how to just be a better man, you know? And, um, Right when I walked in, I realized, oh, Derek was he was presiding over that, <laughs> you know, so uh, this was this was well before they let in everybody else. So it was just uh, him kind of talking to a bunch of other guys um, about those things that I, that I just mentioned. I, I sat in the back. I didn't want to be conspicuous. I tried to be as inconspicuous as possible. I was there essentially to cover uh, it and, you know, write about it. So I didn't want to make any kind of big spectacle. I'm sitting in the back trying to try to be uh, conspicuous or inconspicuous. Um, and at, at right after it wrapped up, 
you know, I kind of look up and I see Derek start to walk down. He comes down the stage, comes, comes right over, you know, um, to say hello, you know, kind of give the little hug and everything like that. We've, you know, been covering him now since 2019. So there's a lot of conversations, not just the ones that you saw on the podium, but by his locker, you know, just, just, you know, talking about life, talking about his, his love for the Lakers. Uh, I was a big Laker fan as well. The Dodgers, uh, all, all sorts of different conversations, you know, over the course of these years that, that, that I covered him, you get to know somebody, right? So, you know, um, he came over and said, Hey, I just want to thank you. You know, uh, to me, you're always professional and this and that. And I, 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 you know, said the same thing, uh, to him and, uh, he's really excited about the next chapter. He's ready to go and raring to go. Uh, he is, the family's going to stay in Las Vegas. Um, he has a lot of roots here now, including, you know, some of his endeavors, um, with his faith, uh, the churches that he's a part of. I think there's a school, uh, that he's a part of, uh, as well. So, so it sounds like Las Vegas is definitely going to be, uh, the home base. Uh, but it was nice being able to talk to him. I hadn't seen him, you know, since Pittsburgh, uh, you know, when, when, after that Pittsburgh Steelers loss, uh, and then soon after you know he got benched and everybody moved on and i'm just glad that i was able to uh to, to get an opportunity you know for me basically to say hey goodbye we're also going to stay in touch and all that good stuff but just from a professional standpoint um say you know thanks for the last few years because you like you said he was always available he was always accountable um he always spoke he always tried to you know be hopeful about the situation whether it was good or bad there were a lot of trying times as we both know uh you know especially these last couple of years sam and and he kind of had to be the the face of it all and sort of put it on his shoulders and i was always impressed um with his thoughtfulness and you know how poignant he was through some through some really trying times trying to make sense of it and trying to lead his team yeah, I mean, he's a guy, Vinny. I mean, you know, he had to grow up really quickly in the NFL. I mean, just kind of when you take a look at what he experienced changing coaches, you know, at the success that he had, the injury, just he's he's pretty much seen it all, right? Except sustained team success. You know, a deep playoff run is just about the only thing he hasn't hasn't seen, hasn't been through, has had the monster statistical seasons, uh, has led game-winning drives, helped welcome uh, a fan base and a franchise uh, to a new city and all those things. So, Breakups are emotional, Vinny. Like it's, it's, it's. I think definitely in kind of watching his sermon, watch what, watch what he was discussing. I don't think I think he was candid about that. That you know this isn't necessarily the easiest of things, right? It was about adversity and navigating and working through adversity, and 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 that's one thing that the last nine years in terms of being a Raider, he's well schooled in that. So. Um, just kind of curious now, obviously, right, as it pertains to the Raiders, as it pertains to Derek Carr, as you mentioned, he's still on the team. He is still a Raiders quarterback. We understand that that won't be the case for too much longer. But the timing of that and, and, and just kind of when um, these parts move is what becomes interesting about this whole situation. Because as the playoffs progress, we saw, I thought, I thought what was a fantastic, uh, I mean, the, the Buccaneers Cowboys game on Monday was an absolute clunker, but overall, a fantastic weekend of playoff football. Uh, and now, lo and behold, we're at the divisional round. We're a few weeks away from the Super Bowl. And then that, of course, is a super important date, you know, February 15th um, for the Raiders, for Derek Carr and so on and so forth. But as it pertains as it pertains to Derek Carr, I mean, he was as durable as pretty much as durable as you can be at that position, relatively speaking to to the rest of the NFL. Uh, he, 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 he wore uh, the Raiders on his sleeve, on his chest and on his heart for, for nine years here. Uh, and and I. Uh, you know, handled, I think, handled himself with a lot of class and dignity in really trying times. Uh, back-to-back seasons not did not necessarily go how you want them to go, I think, for very different reasons. But 
uh, as you said, I mean, he was available. He was durable. He, 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 to the best of his ability, held up his end of the bargain. It didn't work out this season. Uh, it, it is what it is. That doesn't mean it can't work out in the future. So now we're at the situation where the offseason for the Raiders, I mean, it's been a week, right? That now, I mean, clearly one of their, their quarterback targets, as you reported weeks ago, Tom Brady, a person of interest for the Raiders, his season is over. So now we're at that point where a lot of moving parts are really starting to move. And now we, we begin to see what happens uh, as it pertains moving forward, as it pertains to the Raiders and Derek Carr moving forward, while the playoffs, of course, are, are in full swing. Without question. And uh, here is Derek Carr, though, uh, real quick, talking about those last nine years. Nine years, one place. It's been hard. I always make this joke. I said, franchises are heavy. <laughs> franchises are heavy to carry. And uh, he did his best to try to carry uh, the Raiders. It didn't, you know, uh, I, think, I think one of the, the, the main takeaway that I took um, was that, look, you know, uh, does he have some regrets that there wasn't more success? Absolutely, 100%. Um, but at the same time, he does feel like he gave everything that he possibly could. Uh, and he's heard all the criticism and all that and, and you know, also the praise. And he's like, look, if I if I believed, you know, 90% of, of, of the response so far has been really positive. But if I believed all that, then I would sit here and tell you I didn't do anything wrong. And that's just not the case. You know, I, I, I made my mistakes. I had bad games. I had bad plays. And uh, but the but the other important and, and, and you have to be willing to to be okay with that and, and embrace that. Uh, but if you also then believe the other 2% of, you know, the terrible stuff that you're going to get and all those comments, then you're going to think that you're no good uh, on that end. So you can't swing too high and, and too low. And he's just trying to uh, to kind of stay in the middle and, and understand what's important. And that's to him, his faith and the opinion of his family. Nobody else really is not living to, to please anybody else. Uh, but, uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. Uh, as you said, Sam, he's going to be moving on and, uh, and the Raiders are as well. And I think that's where we're at right now. Uh, and that's the big if or what, you know, and how and how is this all going to going to really conclude? You know, I, I wrote a story today, <clears throat> which will be published in Vegas Nation. You're going to be able to check that out. Kind of listing some of the teams uh, that could or should be interested in, in Derek Carr. Um, I don't know. I don't know if uh, they're necessarily going to trade for him, um, you know, or or wait until free agency. But I got to say, uh, Sam, when you start listing the teams that really, honestly, should be interested in Derek Carr, um, it's a pretty ample list. And just off the top of my head, the Jets, the Titans, the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, the Washington Commanders. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we'll see what happens. Obviously, with Tom Brady, it looks like he's going to be gone. Absolutely. And, and the Indianapolis Colts, um, I think I had seven teams that you can you can legitimately say, you know, uh, they could do worse than Derek Carr. Like, Derek Carr is a, um, you know, offers a little bit of certainty uh, to, to, to some of these teams. You look at the New Orleans Saints and how many quarterbacks they use this year. You look at the Washington Commanders, how many quarterbacks they went through this year. You look at the New, New York Nets, New York Jets, how many quarterbacks they uh, went through. The Carolina Panthers, the Indianapolis Colts. All these teams, Sam, used multiple, multiple quarterbacks. And they have to be looking at Derek Carr, I would th think, and say, you know, there's a guy that's durable, consistent, performs at a pretty high level. Um, that's not a bad option to turn to. Uh, not at all. Not at all, Vinny. And, and, and there, you know, beyond that, there are those are teams, I think, I mean, Washington, pretty good defense, have some playmakers on the perimeter. The Jets, of course, were, were looked like they were a playoff team until their, their quarterback play pretty much 
um, evaporated and fell out the window and they were getting absolutely nothing from that position. The Saints have had an athletic playmaking defense and guys on the perimeter. So there are teams to that point where Derek Carr, nine years in NFL starter, been in the playoffs twice. Like you mentioned, the durability, you know, the arm talent's there. He can make all the throws. Uh, and and you, you get a guy with his ability and still only 31 years of age. Let's not act like he's, you know, 40 or anything like that. At, at this, The way the NFL is played now and where we're at in 2023, it's feasible he has six, seven good years left uh, or maybe more. We'll see. I'm not – obviously, I'm not predicting that per se. Maybe we, we, we start to see the decline. Maybe we're at that point. I'm not necessarily sure, but point being is there are quarterbacks a hell of a lot older than 31 uh, that are super productive. And if it does get to a point, Vinny, where the trade is unable to be executed and, and the contract uh, is it becomes too much and, and, and you want uh, – and it just doesn't work out, right? I mean, how often do quarterbacks of the caliber of Derek Carr, uh, who, you know, has for the last – few years, you could say the last several, has been a top 10, top 12, top 14-ish guy. Uh, it varies from season to season. Those guys don't hit free agency very often. I know there's more quarterback mobility than ever in 2023, and we, we might see – who knows? Maybe we see a record amount of it you know, this offseason per se. But in terms of actual free agency, guys like Derek Carr, uh, you know, veteran quarterbacks with experience and that have played in some big games, they, they, don't, they don't come around on the market – very often. So it'll be interesting. What I'm curious, right? Like, and, and there's obvious reasons why a trade might be hard to execute, namely the guarantee. And maybe teams feel like they can get Derek Carr for cheaper than that. I'm not sure. That's We'll see what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels do as they assess the market and we'll see how the market um, plays out per se. Uh, but but in the event that he hits free agency, I would expect several suitors. I mean, just several suitors, given what we just talked about, what what kind of upgrade in value he presents over some of the quarterback situations uh, in the NFL, that teams that have play, playoff caliber rosters. And, and uh, that is a, it's a massive domino. So uh, it's it, it was this this was bound to happen. And there was there was bound to be plenty of suitors. So now it's about what's the best situation for him, what's best for the Raiders and, and do those do those will those two things line up I'm thinking not necessarily they might not there's a good chance they won't but either way uh the first domino to fall kind of as we discussed last week in in this in what shapes up to be uh, a crucial offseason and I have no doubt whether it's free agency or seems more likely um than a trade that there will be suitors for a guy that's done that's that's proven a lot at this level and and you don't just stumble into quarterbacks like Derek Carr if you did uh then there wouldn't be six seven eight teams that could could vie for his services now it's that time of the show where we, of course, are joined by Chuck Esposito, director of race and sports for Station Casinos. Chuck, of course, joins us every week here on First and Ten to talk about the Raiders, the Vegas betting landscape, all things sports and all things NFL playoffs. Chuck, welcome back to the show. A delicious, tasty round of divisional matchups uh, coming up this weekend. My favorite weekend in the NFL. But before we get to that, of course, save for the Monday night game. Uh, the, the 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 Tampa Bay's beat down uh, beat down loss to the Dallas Cowboys. What I, I thought a fun weekend of wild card games, a lot of close games, a lot of fun finishes. Your big takeaway from wild card weekend before we get into the divisional games. Yeah, it wasn't stunning the way the outcomes uh, ended up, Sam. I, I think going into the weekend, we were clearly you know rooting uh, against um, the Bills against the 49ers and against the Bengals. We needed some puppy love somewhere uh, to come through. If one of them would have won outright, it would have been terrific um, if Seattle or, or Miami or Baltimore would have won outright. But getting Miami to cover really changed the complexion of the weekend for our side of the counter. Got mm -hmm. off to a rocky start on Saturday. Clearly needed the Seahawks 
played a good first half, uh, were non-existent in the second half. Uh, the guests did really well on that game. Uh, second game, we were Charger fans, 27 nothing. I think we were lighting cigars. We were looking at that as a cigar game, and it didn't work out that way. They found a way to lose at the end. So going into Sunday, a lot of carryover liability, but really all three outcomes on Sunday were really favorable for us. And last night, really the key was keeping the game under. Uh, the four missed extra points, as crazy as it sounds, caused the game to stay under. We needed to keep it under 46. And uh, those extra points were key. I didn't know they would be at the time, um, but that really helped a lot, uh, those four missed extra points, which I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in an NFL game before. No, me me neither, Chuck. Lo and behold, the game stays under and, of course, sets up uh, what I believe is the matchup of the weekend. We will get to that, and I'm talking about the Cowboys and the 49ers. But first, uh, a Saturday Saturday afternoon of games, uh, the Jaguars travel uh, to Arrowhead Stadium, where they will be nine-point underdogs. That's right, the Chiefs favored by nine. Total right now sits at 53. Uh, incredible comeback, Chuck, uh, by the Jacksonville Jaguars to make it that far. Uh, but Kansas City is the better team. The number reflects that. They're the more experienced team. Uh, any given any given Saturday, Trevor Lawrence, of course, undefeated on Saturday, but but it feels like the number reflects the, the, the mismatch in terms of talent on these teams with where they're at respect to right now. It does, Sam, and it's relatively close to what the number was during the regular season. I think it was in that nine, uh, nine and a half point range. It was a game where Kansas City got way up. Jacksonville got back into the game, and KC ended up winning by 10 and covering. I can tell you one thing. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to throw four interceptions here, and they're not going to come back and win if that happens. Um, Kansas City hasn't been a, a huge favor or a huge point spread team this year, although they did uh, blow out the Raiders late in the season. So there's probably a little bit of value with Jacksonville because of the high number. They come in, I think, on a six-game winning streak. The thing for me, though, and I think everybody talks about it, we're in an information era. Information's out there. It's Andy Reid with an extra week to prepare. His yep. record is by far the best in the league. He's going to have that extra week here. He's already seen Jacksonville once this year. Number's the highest number on the board. Um, we'll see which way the betters go. But right now, the ticket count does favor Kansas City at about a 58% clip. Absolutely. A, an interesting matchup, of course, after what Trevor Lawrence is able to accomplish. Patrick Mahomes looking like he's going to be the NFL MVP. We'll see him for the first time two week, in two weeks on Saturday. Uh, rolling along the NFC East. How about that? What a division. Three of the four teams in the NFC are representing the NFC right now from the NFC East. And we get a fantastic NFC matchup uh, at Lincoln Financial Field. The Eagles giving seven and a half to the New York Giants who went, go in Daniel Jones's road uh, or not, not, not just on the road. Yes. He's on the road, but his playoff debut go into Minnesota and knock off the Vikings. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be honest, Chuck, this number I thought was a little big. Uh, make the case for me why the Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. Well, I think first of all, Sam, they've been arguably, you know, the best team or one of the two or three best teams in football the entire season. I think they got out to that, you know, huge lead early in the season and kind of coasted a little bit toward the end. You look at that offense and how dominant they've been in the first half of games. They they really didn't even need to score in the second half of I think about seventy percent of their games to win. Granted, the Giants are overachievers. Nobody expects them to be here right now. Um, but they beat a Minnesota team that we all thought were paper tigers, you know, yep. that they weren't that good. Um, you know, th they had more one score victories than anybody else in the league. They had a one score defeat here. Um, it wasn't surprising that um, the betting public jumped on the Giants a bit. We ended up needing the Giants in the game, but really good two-way action on it. I liked the Giants going into that game, just didn't think Minnesota was that good. Um, I guess for the Eagles, too, coming off the extra week, uh, Hurts has only played once in the last month. 
I, I think it's where the numbers should be. We've seen a little bit of early love on the Giants, and I think it's because these two teams have already played twice. They're in the same division. They know each they know each other well. Um, but I think these two teams coming off that bye, I think are both going to be bet heavily as we get closer and closer to kickoff on Saturday. Fascinating NFC matchup caps the Saturday slate of games. Moving along to Sunday, Chuck, uh, the Bills and Bengals will duke it out uh, again uh, just a few weeks after the tragedy on Monday Night Football. We, of course, are so happy that DeMar Hamlin's recovery seems to be going well. And now these teams uh, get to get to finish their business on the field. Bills giving five total, 48 and a half. Um, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Chuck, need I say more? You don't, Sam. I mean, it's a game that we thought was going to be the marquee game of, uh, you know, late in the season on Monday Night Football. So glad that everything worked out for DeMar Hamlin and he's on the road to recovery and seems to be doing so much better. Um, You know, I didn't think either Cincinnati or Buffalo played great this Mm -hmm. past weekend. I thought they let, you know, Skylar Thompson hang around with Buffalo and, and Cincinnati. I know they know Baltimore tough really well. And the AFC North is one of those divisions that's dirty. It's black and blue. It's going to be, you know, low scoring defensive games, but they should have lost that game. Um, And neither of these two teams played a great game, maybe looking past and thinking what, you know, what was on the horizon. Early action has clearly been on the bills. Uh, The number's gone up a full point, point and a half industry-wide, which is a little surprising to me. Um, I think, you know, since he has two offensive linemen that are really banged up in this game, that might affect that a little bit. But overall ticket count, money really favors the bills in this game, but ticket count right now, favors the Bengals at around a 62% clip. So anxious to see how this kind of unfolds as we get closer and closer to Sunday. Happy to root for whoever we need in this game. This might be a game, Sam. Last team that has the ball has a chance to win the game. Yeah, certainly. When you have that kind of quarterback matchup, that seems like that's what it would lend itself to. Um, Finally, Chuck, Cowboys, 49ers, Levi Stadium, Niners giving four, total 46 and a half, two Blue Bloods in an old rivalry renewed again two of the the predominant teams in nfl history you can't tell the story of the nfl without the dallas cowboys and the 49ers from a roster standpoint maybe the two best rosters in the nfl certainly two of the top four or five both teams i think you could make the case those were the two most impressive teams over wildcard weekend just in terms of handling business and doing it in a decisive manner how do you see this one uh shaping out between two of the most talented teams in the league I totally agree, Sam. I, I think this, too, is kind of maybe the quasi or, you know, 1A marquee matchup after the Bengals-Bills. I think both these teams have the ingredient to be playing the second week in February, meaning they can both run the ball. They can both play great defense. The rematch of last year's playoff game in Dallas that San Francisco won, I really felt coming into the postseason the one guy that really needed to step up was Dak Prescott. He did last night. Let's see if he can win another game on the road. I know Brock Purdy has played great. The Niners are on a 10-game winning streak, but they really haven't faced any adversity in that streak. You look at who they've beaten, you know, the Cardinals twice, the Seahawks. You go through the entire roster of who they've beaten with, with, uh, with Brock Purdy at quarterback, and it's teams that did not make the postseason. I know you beat the teams that are – you're supposed to beat the teams that are in front of you, and they've done that. But in a really tight game or if they're trailing late in the game, does Brock Purdy have anything to kind of pull from here? I think it's going to be Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. Whoever has the better game wins this game. Not going to surprise me to see Dallas go in there and play a really good game. I think there's much more pressure on San Francisco now because they've been so dominant over the second half of the season. 
And there you have it, Chuck. Wild, uh, wild card weekend in the rearview mirror. The NFL divisional playoff weekend. Again, one of the best weekends, best sporting weekends all year round, regardless of sport. Chuck, we appreciate your expertise and your analysis and helping us break down these games. Only three more in the 2022 season after, after these ones. Uh, I can't wait to talk about the matchups uh, that we're going to see uh, on Saturday as well as preview the championship games next week. Uh, we're hoping you have a good rest of your week and enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks, Sam. You too. One more quick note on Dallas and Frisco. Dallas is going to be playing on two days less rest and travel against San Francisco. So let's see if this number starts to tick up at all by Sunday evening. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. So we're pretty much uh, sure that Derek Carr is gone. Uh, just a matter of how the end officially uh, comes about, whether it's a trade or, or um, you know, being released. And remember, he's got a no trade clause too. So uh, even if the seven teams that I uh, that I mentioned, I would think there would be mutual interest on his part uh, to go to go to uh, any of those teams. Uh, maybe there's a few that are higher on the list than others. But he could also say, no, I don't want to go to Carolina. No, I don't want to go to Washington for whatever reason he decides, um, you know, in order to, uh, to, to, you know, protect himself from whatever it is uh, that he might not or whatever misgivings he might have wherever the Raiders try to trade him to. And maybe there's a surprise team out there, too, uh, that we're not even thinking about. But uh, it, regardless, Derek Carr is no longer going to be the quarterback uh, of the Raiders. I think that's, you know, pretty clear. The question is, who's going to replace him? And I think, uh, you know, on Monday night, you mentioned the clunker uh, against the Tampa or with the Tampa Buccaneers against the Dallas Cowboys. And that brings us to Tom Brady, who's on everybody's mind. Um, and I, it's legitimate. The Raiders are interested in, in Tom Brady. Uh, there's no question about that. And I would think that Tom Brady has some interest in the Raiders. Now, here's the thing, um, Sam. You look at the game and you look at the performance, and obviously the, the Buccaneers got blown out. Um, Brady played in that game. He didn't play very well. But, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm looking at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team right now, and uh, I, I, the offensive line has been in shambles. And it's not necessarily a talent issue. They've just been devastated by injuries to really good players. Like Pro Bowl caliber players did not play a, a good portion of the season on the offensive line. You kind of saw um, the ramifications of that. 
uh, with with how they weren't able to protect uh, Tom Brady. I see a guy that's playing on a team right now in Tampa Bay with no running game. He threw the ball 66 times on Monday night. Think about that for a second. 66 attempts in one football game. There's games that I've covered that there weren't even 66 offensive plays, offensive snaps for a team. That's way too much. He set a record, a personal record, for pass attempts uh, this year. He led the league in pass attempts uh, this year. It's just, it was completely out of whack, okay? And I say all that to say this, Sam. It didn't work out in Tampa this year. They were 8-9. and nine. The offense struggled. Uh, a lot of it was the offensive line. Some weapons were missing here and there. Um, no running game. So they were putting a lot on his shoulders, and it just didn't work. If I'm Tom Brady... And I'm looking at the Raiders, and I'm thinking, okay, if you bring back Josh Jacobs, which if I'm Tom Brady, that's a must. <laughs> you you bring back, you tell the Raiders, I'm not coming until you sign number 28 back, or unless you give me the assurances that he's coming back, right? And if that happens, all right, huh, I'm Tom Brady. I got Josh Jacobs as the top running back in the NFL, or, or at least in terms of the t- statistics last in, in 2022. Hmm. I've got Devontae Adams, who's coming off a 1,500-yard season, just a spectacular year. Got, hopefully, a, a healthy Devon, or a Darren Waller, a healthy uh, Hunter Renfro. Who knows what else they may add, um, you know, in terms of the wide receiver position. Yeah, the offensive line wasn't great, but did you know, uh, Sam, that PFF just came out with this uh, rankings of the offensive line this year? You know where the Raiders finished? Tenth. Tenth, nobody saw that coming, and I and I think they're going to improve from the offensive line. I, in fact, if I'm Tom Brady, I'm going to tell them you're going to have to do some, make some improvements on the offensive line. So you're assuming that they will. So if I'm Tom Brady, Sam, and I'll make you Tom uh, Tom Brady now. If you look at this Raiders offense. And you look at where you are in Tampa Bay, and then you also look at some other places that might be available to you. It's not a bad situation if you're a quarterback that still believes in your talents. And I would also say, if you're skeptical of Tom Brady watching him with Tampa Bay, just envision him in this offense, an offense that he knows really well with all the talent that he's going to have around him. Well, you nailed the case for for bringing Tom Brady to Vegas. That's it right there, right? There's 60-plus million dollars in cap space to play with, right, depending on how the Derek Carr – situation when that resolves itself so you're gonna have 60 plus million in draft capital maybe right we'll see if a trade gets worked out potentially you have your full complement of draft picks now and potentially maybe another pair well who knows we'll see right right. um and and that and that with the cap space and with the draft capital right there you have resources to uh not necessarily completely rebuild the team i think rebuilds that you wouldn't you wouldn't be trying to do that if you're bringing if you're bringing Tom Brady in it what you would be that's very much a win now move but there would be resources in place to improve the roster and improve key key elements of the roster day one right full full complement of draft capital that could be used to draft young players whether it be an offensive lineman young impact defensive players or potentially to trade for somebody established in a position of need uh, and of course the free the cap space and there's the sell the the, the perimeter players 
are in place. It's obviously a head coach that Tom Brady is extremely, extremely familiar with, an offensive-minded head coach. He played for – not that he hasn't played for defensive-minded head coaches. Of course he did with Belichick, but the offense was kind of a separate thing. This year he plays for a defensive head coach again. It's not – I don't think it's a coincidence that, that maybe the, that, that he missed Bruce Arians a, a little bit and Bruce Arians' influence uh, the last couple of seasons. You have the perimeter players in place. You have the money – and the draft capital to, to, to maybe retool on the offensive line and add some some premium players on the defensive side of the ball and uh, or some playmakers starters at the very least. And lo and behold, you have a, I think, more competitive situation uh, than you have in Tampa Bay, a much more competitive situation. You're supported by a running game. You have players on the perimeter with differing still skill sets, including, and I think it's important to know this, because a slot receiver, which Brady loves in terms of, you know, Hunter Renfro, you, we know his history with Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, even Chris Godwin when he was healthy a couple years back. And then the big tight end and Darren Waller. Uh, and that that needs no explanation as well. So there are resources here for, for the Raiders to, to get to be to get really, really interesting uh, in, in short order and, and, and certainly provide a blueprint for Tom Brady that I don't think was going to be available this season in, in Tampa Bay for the reasons you just listed. The, the, it, it's We know that, that the, offensive, the offensive line, you're going to have to make some changes. It was 10th. I think the, the way that the run the run blocking this year was excellent. The pass pro uh, was hit or miss at times, so you're going to want to solidify that and, and, and upgrade on that end. But if, if I still think, if given time um, and with with the benefit of, of play action, uh, that that Tom Brady, I mean, we saw a couple even as bad as they got blown out and as poorly as he played, and that interception was egregious. Uh, but he can still sling it. He he still dropped a couple dimes in there or, and. And has had some really, really big games this season. So there, there, there's the case right there. There, it, it, there's, it, it certainly would make sense, and I think Brady will have other suitors, um, right? But it will certainly make sense that that he considers the Raiders for all those reasons. There is a pathway here, and, and it's on Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, of course, to execute it. But there are resources in place and a pathway here if Tom Brady comes. To, to, to provide a pretty interesting roster uh, around him where maybe you can do some things that you weren't able to do this season. I got a question for you, Sam. Yep. Okay. Uh, let me preface it by saying this. The Raiders of the, of the Raiders, nine losses, or excuse me, 11 losses, nine um, were one score losses. Okay. Mm. Within one score. Mm. If you put Tom Brady onto just this, forget about the improvements that, that, we're assuming are going to be made and you know, they're not going to hit home runs on all their picks and all that. So there's a chance that they don't get better. Okay. 100%. Yep. All right. But and, and let's just go. So let's just go on the premise that as is you drop Tom Brady uh, into the scene uh, in training camp of last year of, of the 2022 season last summer. Uh, and he plays quarterback rather than Derek Carr in 2022. I, I mean, is there a difference there? Is the record look a little bit different? Yeah, I would venture to say it would, Vinny. And, and even again, right? Like even with all the issues, and let's let's be honest, the NFC South, not the division that the AFC West is. So Brady would be stepping into a division where there's better competition. But with even the injuries that or the issues that they had in Tampa Bay, with predictable play calling and some struggles with the running game and and injuries across the offensive line and injuries to some of your guys on the perimeter, I think he still sustained overall a higher level of play at least this season. Than, than this version of 2022 Derek Carr. So in terms right. of how many more games would they win? I mean, I don't know if we can sit here and say right. all of them, but but you're not losing more of them, right? Like there's right. a, you, you win half those games 
half those one score games and the Raiders are in the postseason, right? Like that's, that's, that's the reality of how this goes. So uh, yeah, to me, in terms of the available options that we know of right now in how to upgrade this roster as poorly as he played on Monday night. And and there is also the realistic possibility. I, I, and maybe we saw it on Monday. Maybe this is finally the beginning of the end, but I'm still, we kind of saw this with New England in 2019 where Brady struggled and we, we didn't, he wasn't quite as sharp and the personnel there on the offensive side of the ball had changed and it wasn't quite the same roster. We know he's not the same guy he was 15 years ago, but I still think of the options with support, with good perimeter players, um, around him that that he would present of the available options, Vinny, the most upside right now if you're talking about putting together the best possible team in 2023. I just do in terms of the, the options that we know are available. He completed 68% of his passes, um, which is much better than than, than Derek Carr. Yep. You know, with, with well over 700 uh, pass attempts, he still only had nine picks. Derek had yep. 14 uh, interceptions and far less um, you know, uh, attempts. There's no way that he's going to have to throw the ball as much as he did this year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, as he would have playing for the Raiders because of that run game. I would think that his 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 uh, TDs might have actually been up because he would have had you know better better players uh, t- to play with. So yeah, I, I I really believe, and this is a guy that's coming off. Um, you know, the season before, I, I want to say he had over 40 touchdown passes uh, in, in in 2021. Yeah, he was he I mean, he's still this this was the first time, Vinny, in a few like this is the first time in quite some time that we saw some drop off. And again, look, there there's also he's he's gonna be forty six next year. Like there would be some risk with this eventually who knows? I'm not I'm not gonna be the one against uh, the bet against Tom Brady. Like I said, maybe we saw the beginning of the end finally on Monday night, but until I see more than just one bad game. Uh, in a situation where Dallas, clearly one of the best, I don't know, four or five rosters in the NFL, and I think Dallas overmatched them a little bit. I think that's fair to say, Vinny. Yeah. Um, that, it's going to take more than one, just one bad game for me to, to, to be ready to say that, hey, Tom Brady uh, is finally really, really, really on the decline. And, and so with that being said, uh, yeah, they're, they're, it, it's still of the available options, of the quarterbacks that we suspect are going to be free agents if you are trying to win in 2023, he still makes the most sense. He just does. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, we're going to leave it uh, as is right now. There's so much to talk about uh, as we move on, uh, get closer to the February 15th uh, roster deadline for Derek Carr. Uh, I would imagine that we're going to have some semblance uh, of, of an idea of where this is all headed uh, in the coming in the coming weeks. Uh, we've got playoff football next week, the divisional round, uh, followed by uh, the AFC and NFC Championship games a week after that. So there's a lot to talk about, a lot of speculation about the Raiders. Where do they go in the draft? Where do they go in free agency? Who's going to be their quarterback? How are they going to facilitate the end of Derek Carr's uh, time here? We're going to be here every step of the way, uh, Sam. So uh, you could bet on on that. And I just want to say thank you uh, to all of our listeners and all of our subscribers. You're why we do this. I want to say thanks to Sam for always being tremendous at what he does. Larry Muir, you know how we feel about you. Thank you so much. Sorry about your Dolphins, brother. Um, but uh, I think uh, we'll, they're, they're, they're on the upswing uh, as well. Uh, until next week, have a great week, and we'll talk to you guys uh, in a little bit down the road. Vegas. 
Get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. 